As Christians, we may read, even study the Bible. But when we do, what do we come away impressed with? Miracles? Inspiring stories or teachings? The central revelation of the entire Bible is Christ. The Apostle Paul says in Galatians that it pleased God to reveal His Son in me. Do you see this wonderful Christ throughout God's Word? Please stay with us as we focus on the revelation of God's Son in us on today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Today brings us once again to the book of Galatians, and joining us for this marvelous life study again today is Ed Marks. Ed, thanks for joining us again. Well, Chris, it's good to be here, and I appreciated what you said, Chris, because really the Bible just speaks about one marvelous person. This person is the Lord Jesus Christ, and we love him very much, and we really believe that through this radio broadcast, we're seeing more of him, we're gaining more of him. We're experiencing more of him, and our love for him is increasing. Brother Ed, we're going to be um, back in Galatians chapter 1 and looking at verse 15, which we alluded to in our opening comment there. Isn't that a wonderful verse? It really does please God to reveal Christ. But Ed, we also need to be aware that often we are veiled and don't see him. Second Corinthians 4, verses 3 and 4 say, And if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled in those who are perishing in whom the God of this age has blinded the thoughts of the unbelievers, that the illumination of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, might not shine on them. Ed, can this condition apply to believers or just unbelievers? Paul here is talking about the unbelievers, and even the context of these verses, he's recalling how he was before he received the Lord. He advanced in Judaism. He was a very religious person who loved the Old Testament scriptures. But the God of this age, Satan, had blinded his thoughts and the thoughts of all unbelievers so that Christ couldn't shine in them. But, Chris, this can also apply to us as believers. And if our heart is not turned to the Lord, then our heart is veiled. And when we turn away from the Lord, when our heart's turned away from him, there's a veil lying on our heart. But as soon as we turn our heart to the Lord in prayer, the veil is taken away and our hearts are unveiled to behold the Lord with an unveiled face. So this condition does apply to both unbelievers and us believers. And we will see how we can remain in an unveiled condition so we can always be receiving fresh revelation of the very Christ whom we love. Well, Ed, that really is our focus today. We want to see the things that can become veils in order to help us be rid of them and free of them, the things that will veil us from seeing the very Christ whom we love so much. Let's join Witness Lee. In Second Corinthians chapters 3 and 4, Paul gives us two cases. One case is altogether of the Jews. Even up to today, when the Jews read the Old Testament. To read it with their understanding veiled. There's a veil on their mind. There's a veil on their heart. What is the veil? Let me tell you, Judaism. Religion is the unique veil. This veil just cover people from seeing Christ. Yes, 
Christ is spiritual. Christ is mysterious. But thank God, God did make us an organ to know Him. That is our human spirit. But the subtlety of the subtle one has blinded the people not to use their spirit, but just to use their blinded mentality, their darkened mentality, and their hardened mentality. Anything other than Christ could be made by the subtle one a veil. Satan used the Old Testament as a veil. Satan used the law given by God. Satan even can use the spiritual gift given by God to veil our understanding. Everything beside Christ can be a veil. Then Paul in chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians gives us the second case. I do believe this must be a general case. That is, the God of this age has blinded the mind, the thought of those who would not believe in the Lord Jesus. Dear ones, to receive the revelation of the Son of God needs us to drop all our concept. Every concept is a veil. To have a revelation, you just have to drop your concept. God today is shining. The Bible shines. The Bible is full of light. And the spirit today is the all-inclusive spirit moving on this earth full of grace. The Bible is shining. The spirit is moving. Why people couldn't receive revelation? Because our people hold certain kind of concept. How to receive a revelation? Forget about God's sight. God's sight is writing. The problems are together on your side. You have to drop the veils. When you would drop all your concept, you come back to read the Bible. When you hold your concept, you read the Bible under a veil, just like the ancient Jews. When you drop your concept, then you come to read the word, I tell you. You will read the word with unveiled face. By that time, the light shines. Not only shines outwardly, the light shines into you. Shines into you and shines inwardly. Well, Ed, we have a very strong word today. In fact, I think all of these early messages in Galatians are quite strong on this point. Judaism was a veil to the Jews. But the real message here is not just that Judaism, really anything other than Christ can become a veil, even something that was once God-given. How can a spiritual item given by the Lord be used by God's enemy to veil us from the living Christ? Well, Chris, what we need to see is that 
The entire Bible, the content of the entire Bible is Christ himself. He's the reality of the scriptures. And actually, God just wants to give us one thing. He wants to give us himself in the person of Christ. Christ is the gift of God to us. This is what God wants to give us. So what the enemy does is he tries to come in with substitutes of Christ to distract the believers from the person of Christ himself. Now, let me just give a few examples here, Chris. If you look in Colossians 2.8, Paul was very concerned that the Colossians would be distracted from Christ to human philosophy. And he said, beware that you're not deceived through philosophy. Well, if we look in certain circles, we can see human philosophy creeping into the church to distract us from Christ. So what does Paul tell us in Colossians? In Colossians 1.12, Christ is your allotted portion. Don't be distracted from Christ. Enjoy Christ. Pursue Christ. Gain Christ. Be filled with Christ. Another thing, sadly, in many circles, we hear people preaching the gospel of material wealth. Well, This can be a big substitute for Christ. Surely the Lord cares for our needs physically. But the unique blessing of the gospel is not material things. It's Christ. Ephesians 1.3 tells us that God the Father has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Christ himself is all the blessings that God wants to give us. Then, Chris, you consider the law. This is what Paul was dealing with in Galatians. The Galatian believers were distracted from Christ to the law. And Romans 7 tells us that the law is spiritual. The law is holy. The law is good. But what the enemy does is he uses the law to distract Christians from Christ. In the New Testament, when we receive Christ, he comes into us as the reality of God's law. In fact, he comes into us as the law of the spirit of life. He is a spontaneous, innate capacity within us, and he grows within us to spontaneously conform us to his image so that we become his living portrait expressed in his law. But we have to focus on Christ and not be distracted from Christ to the law, which is what the Galatians did. In 1 Corinthians, we see that the Corinthians were distracted from Christ to spiritual gifts. They let the gifts distract them from Christ. So what does Paul do? He brings these distracted Corinthian believers back to Christ, and he shares Christ with them in 20 marvelous aspects, which we've seen on earlier broadcasts. Corinthians unveils Christ as our foundation, our spiritual food, our spiritual rock, our spiritual drink, our unleavened bread, our Passover, so many aspects of Christ. Paul did this because he didn't want the Corinthian believers to be distracted from Christ to something even given by Christ. I think this is a help to us to see how we can be distracted and to encourage us in our Christian life to focus on Christ and pursue Christ. So many of those things, they are spiritual in their origin. They may be from God's own hand to us, but our view cannot be diverted onto them as the primary thing. We must all the time stay fixed in our gaze on Christ. 
Exactly, Chris. And even the things that God gives us is to help us and to usher us into more experience of Christ and realization of Christ. Everything in the Bible and in God's plan focuses on the person of Christ himself. Well, Ed, early on today you uh, quoted a passage from 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to really look at that in this coming section. Let me read these two verses together. This is, again, chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. Indeed, unto this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. But whenever their heart turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Let's rejoin Witness Lee. We are seeking to live Christ. To live Christ, we need the revelation. And how could revelation come? By no other way, but by dropping all your consent. You to say, Lord, I must trust in you that you would defeat the God of this age. Beside you, I don't worship anything. I drop all the concepts and my heart turns to you. I don't worship anything, anyone other than you. I tell you, the light right away is here, shining. Then you have the revelation. Drop the concept and turn your heart to the Lord. The veils are gone and the God of this age will have no ground in your being. The light is here. The only problem is that you have too many veils and your heart is toward many other things. So the God of this age does have a ground over you. So your mentality, your mind, your thoughts are all together hardened, darkened, and blinded. So you don't have any revelation. You may read the Bible again and again. You may listen to good messages many, many times, but you don't have the revelation. We need a revelation. Dear saints, I would speak a strong word to you all that if you are going to receive a revelation of this living person, you must begin to drop all your bills. That means to drop all your concepts. Then turn your heart. Here in Second Corinthians 3, it says, when the heart should turn to the Lord, the veil will be gone. When your heart is turned to the Lord, the God of this age will have no ground in your being, will have no ground in your life then you'll be free. Then you are under the shining of the heavenly light. Here is altogether the revelation. Under this revelation, you'll see this living person. By his mercy, I can testify. In my early years of Christian life, I didn't have much revelation. I was veiled there. One day, the veil dropped. From that day, the light has been all the time coming, coming, coming. This is why we are under the light. And this is why we have the revelation after revelation. Because 
we have dropped the bills, and all the time we try the best by His mercy and grace to turn our heart to Him. Ed, we have heard very emphatically today that our concepts can easily become veils that keep us from seeing Christ. Yet when the heart turns to Christ, the veil is taken away. To drop our concepts and turn our heart, how do we practice this, Ed? Isn't it hard to drop a concept, especially a religious one? Well, Chris, let me just say this. Matthew 5, 8 is a marvelous verse. This verse says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. We want to see God every day. And, of course, Christ himself is the very God whom we worship. For us to see him, we have to be pure in heart. Now, what does it mean to be pure in heart? To be pure in heart means that we just have one goal. This means our heart is single, and our only goal is Christ himself. When our heart is focused on Christ, turned to Christ, then we see him. We see him. Now, in order to see him and in order to have a pure heart, like you said, we need to drop our concepts and turn our heart to the Lord. How do we do this? Well, very simply, Chris, at least in our experience, we know that we need to just pray. We need to pray, and we need to tell the Lord, Lord Jesus, I want to drop all my concepts about what I think about you, even my past knowledge of you. I'd like to drop all my concepts, and right now, Lord, as I'm listening to this broadcast, I want to turn my whole heart to you, and I want to see you in a fresh new way. I want to see you the way you want me to see you. I want to see more of you, Lord. Just by praying that simple prayer, our concepts are dropped, our heart is turned, and we're beholding the Lord with an unveiled face. And then this gives him a way to show us more of himself. Well, Ed, we have one portion left. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Again, we're going to be talking somewhat about this verse in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 15 and how it pleased God to reveal his son in us. Paul says, it pleased God to reveal his son in me. So this revelation of the son of God is a pleasure to God. The revealing or the unveiling of this living person, the son of God, to us is a great, great pleasure to God. And this is an inward revelation. It is in our spirit. Through our enlightened mind. This is why we have to drop the concept. Because all our concepts are in our mind. If we keep the concept in our mind, The revelation may be in our spirit, but the revelation cannot get through our veiled mind. So we need to drop the concept that our mind might be released, might be transparent. Then, when the spirit shines in our spirit, and this shining would be easy to shine through our transparent mind, then we have the revelation. A revelation is something inward, something 
subjective. Also, this is a revelation in our spirit by the spirit. You have to realize that our spirit and the spirit of God both are realities. You cannot deny that within you there is your human spirit. Neither you can deny that within your spirit there is the spirit. Hallelujah. That these two spirits both are right now within us. If you are going to receive the revelation of the living Christ, the Son of God, firstly, you have to drop your concept. Secondly, you have to turn your heart to God, worshiping nothing. And thirdly, don't look around. Just take a good care of the depth of your being. That is your spirit. And there, the spirit is shining in you. And he is speaking something to you concerning Christ. At this kind of time, if you would open up, especially the New Testament, to pre-read some of the verses, you will see Christ. You will receive the subjective living revelation of this living person. Such a kind of revelation is always concerning a living person, the Son of God, and this living person is now living in us. Yes, he's now living. But listen, the more revelation you receive concerning him, the more he will live in you. And the more he will be formed in you. And the more he will become to the unique, central blessing of the gospel, which God promised to Abraham. That is the all-inclusive Christ as the all-inclusive land realized by the all-inclusive process life-giving spirit. This altogether should not be any doctrine. If you would drop your concepts, turn your heart to the Lord, and pay your full attention to your spirit, and spend some time in the Word, all these will happen to you. Christ will live in you more, Christ will be formed in you more, and Christ will be your enjoyment more and more daily. Then, this living person will make us practically a new creation. We need this kind of revelation. Had the Apostle Paul said that it pleased God to reveal his Son in me and to me. This implies that revelation is something very inward. We've heard that genuine revelation takes place in our spirit. What's the connection between the human spirit and the mind in seeing spiritual things? Well, Chris, firstly, like you pointed out, genuine revelation takes place in our spirit. And I would like to encourage all our listeners as I encourage myself and you also to pray Paul's prayer in Ephesians 1.17, where he says, Father, grant us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the full knowledge of Christ. 
We should pray this prayer every day. Father, grant me a spirit, a spirit, that's our human spirit, of wisdom and revelation so that I can see more of Christ today. This is a marvelous daily prayer to pray. And then in Ephesians 3, 5, Paul points out that the revelation is revealed to the Lord's holy apostles and prophets in spirit. That's their human spirit. And of course, the divine spirit dwells in our human spirit. And it's in our human spirit that we receive the revelation of Christ. But this revelation is in our spirit through our enlightened mind. So, Chris, you've got Ephesians 1.17, a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Then in verse 18, Paul says that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Well, the leading part of our heart is our mind. So in verse 17, you have our spirit. In verse 18 of Ephesians 1, you have the mind. This shows that the revelation we receive is in our spirit through our enlightened mind. And Chris, this is why it's critical for us to drop all the concepts in our mind, all our religious concepts, all our traditional concepts. And for this, Chris, we need to be like children. You know, children are always able to receive some new thought, some new realization, because they're fresh in their understanding. And the Lord said, unless you become like children, you can't enter into the kingdom. So we need to be like children, drop our concepts, turn our heart to the Lord, exercise our spirit by just praying in a simple way, and then spend time in the word. If we do this, We will receive genuine revelation day by day in our spirit through our enlightened mind. Well, Ed, we need this kind of revelation because every day we need a clear sky, a heart turned and open that we can see and receive and absorb our wonderful, dear Lord Jesus. I've enjoyed our fellowship today. Thank you very much. Yeah, and Chris, let me just add one other thing, you know, just to close with this. You know, in Luke 24, 45, you remember those two disciples on the road to Emmaus, The Lord joined them. He was speaking with them. And then in verse 45 of Luke 24, it says, Then he opened their mind to understand the Scriptures. And we should pray this. You know, while we're conversing with the Lord in prayer, we can pray, Lord, open my mind to understand the Scriptures and to see you and gain you in the Bible. To me, this is very helpful. Well, the two really go together. Paul in Romans says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And where the two are joined like that, the spirit and the mind, the view comes into focus, and God really has access to give us that revelation freshly every day. I've enjoyed our time, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Sorry, we've run on a bit. Let me just quickly get you the toll-free number where you can contact us to receive information about the printed Life Study messages that come along with these broadcasts and all of the other marvelous materials available from Living Stream. That toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. And we also love to get your cards and letters. Our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. We'll return again tomorrow for our final life study program this week, our first week in the book of Galatians, and we hope that you'll join us again then. Today for Ed Marks, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening.